make a big noise playing in the street Gonna be a big man someday You got mud on your face, you big disgrace Kicking your can all over the place Singing We will, we will rock you Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages Welcome to the fastest top five ever. Why is it the fastest top five ever? Because Jeremy and JT thought of a thing that actually isn't a thing. Jeremy, are you ready to do the fastest top five we've ever done? Dude, there's like one movie. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to us? We thought this was brilliant. So here's the thing. I have a top five and I'm going to go through all of them. um, And I want you to go first so you can give your one. And then I'm just going to like go through all five because there's two that I was excited to show you. And then we're just going to go into a brand new topic and we'll introduce everybody to that topic. All right. So we're just, we're just going, we'll just, we'll intro ourselves later. We'll just go straight in and and run with it. Right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So top five fictional sports in the movie, JT, you are, you, you, you ready? I'm ready. Go. Okay. Basketball. Yes. Uh, Quidditch, Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. Uh, beer Olympics and Beer Fest. Oh, didn't have that, okay. Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> Pod racing from Star Wars. Of course, got it, yeah. Uh, so where you had, wait, what was that fifth one of yours? The beer thing? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I had narrowed down to either Rollerball from the sure. 70s, not the Chris Klein remake, because no. Right now, or right. The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the 80s. But that was less a sport, well, I don't know. It was a contest of sorts. Yeah. So this was fun. Thanks for joining that particular top five. And uh, if we forgot any, cool. We don't care. That was hard. JT, I I do have seven more titles because I decided I was convinced you had found some like magical treasure trove of other fictional sports and movies. Because again, if you not just hearing the end of last week's episode, when we first put this on, we were both like, oh yeah, that's going to be fun. And everybody's going to be like entertained and it's going to be great. And now we're here like, this is awful. Right. Uh, so here are the ways I was cheating. I decided to expand to have some other kinds of games. So I added the hollow chest from Star Wars, even sure. though that's like sort of a throwaway scene. Uh, Jumanji itself. Thought of that one. Um, I had Fix-It Felix from Wreck-It Ralph. It's funny. My wife actually was like, what about Sugar Rush from Wreck-It Ralph? I don't think that was a real game. So same deal. Sure. There you go. And then uh, Global Thermonuclear War from War Games. Uh, also very good. Yeah, so I had thought of some like fun ways I thought. Like I was going to do Ready Player One because that was technically a yeah. game. Uh, Jumanji's one that I had on my list. I threw – like I had a list that I just threw out. But most – it was all Reach. Oh, Battleship. Like just <laughs> all – which terrible movie, by the way. All Reaches. All total Reaches. Listen, basically it just would have been like an hour of us talking about how much we like ba- basketball, which – I could probably talk about that movie for an hour. It's hysterical. Yeah, it, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It w- We're not going to talk about that. No. But the but the best one, if we had really gone deep, the Dundies was was my actual like winner. So there's a couple that I thought of. What was so no? But if we went TV, there's the Dundies. There's the game from New Girl, which is something about presidents and floor is lava. It's called True American. True American. Yeah, True Americans. Funny. <laughs> Uh, and then there's another one. What was the race one from, uh, not Parks, no, also from The Office. There's like a, there's a race thing in The Office called like the Flunder something. No, that's uh, the Dundies. No, the Dundies is the awards at the end of the season. 
Oh, I thought it was the like Olympic style thing they did. Anyhow, no. the, the last one, while you Google that, the last one uh, was Parks and Rec, the Cones of Dunshire. Go, that's the other one that we talked about. Yeah, that's the they made that for the bachelor party, right? Right. So, like, should we just let's just pull that ripcord right about now? Hi, yeah. everybody. I'm Jeremy. Uh, today on the top five, we're going to be switching around. Welcome to top five sports comedies because it's related. Basketball was funny. It was the one we wanted to talk about, and. You know, we think you won't mind so much. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to care. And realistically, like, sports are top of mind. We just finished the Olympics. The Olympics were a lot of fun. Uh, or not. I don't know. I guess it depends. I love the Olympics. So, like, I'm, I'm in a very sportsy mood. Uh, we are entering the NFL. We are ending. We're, we're towards the end of being able to watch Major League Baseball. Uh, there's weird hockey trades happening. So it feels relevant. So sports. Hooray, sports. Yeah, by the way, regarding hockey, it's definitely the only time of the year that you're not playing hockey in Canada. It's like this one week and a half where the ice is kind of mediocre. Right. Um, but it'll tighten back up by September. We'll be good. Right, August, where the ice is mediocre. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> That's right. So, JT, how was prepping your list for best sports comedies? Uh, it was interesting. I think it went pretty well. Uh, I had a lot of entries very quickly. And then had a very hard time putting them where I wanted them because I have actually formulated four lists this week, Oh, which is my top five, our contender Pong, your top five, and our fast five. I did the same thing. (laughs) And I did so because this is a sort of, not a spoiler, but... I have leaned as aggressively into my millennialism as possible for this episode. Uh, I expected you to, which is sort of how I picked your list. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I have um, technically eight total picks for you, including what I think you will Shawshank. And then there's like two, I couldn't figure out if they'd make your top or your pong. But I, I want to say right now, JT, that of the eight I have for you, if of the 15 of yours, if I missed, if I'm off by one, I'll be that that's an okay range. If I'm off by two, I will be quite surprised this year, this week. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I only picked five for you. And part of my picking five for you was basically removing my need to have those movies in my actual list because I had so many movies to pick from that I was like, I'll just put these in Jeremy's court. And if he has it, cool. And if he doesn't, oh, well. But I did like, I have dates and five words for most of everything just in case. Um, Because I realized that there is like a real window of time in my generation where a lot of sports movies came out. Like in a really, really short window at a very impressionable JTH. And I like most of them. <laughs> and, and by the way, for everybody listening who haven't heard us before, I'm Jeremy Toman, and Keanu Reeves' finest role is Ted Theodore Logan. Right, and I'm I'm JT, and I don't know what that means, but he's definitely Neo. Bingo. Right. <laughs> and each week we uh, we make up our little categories. We make up our little rules. We play a few games. We then break some of our rules. But basically, we're just two guys who really love talking about movies, comparing some notes, and talking about the history of things, a little trivia, good times. 
Yeah, all the things, all the things, which means that we should start. And what we start with every week is our Shawshank, uh, Shawshank being the most rewatchable movie of all time, according to us in our first episode. Uh, the Shawshank is a category definer. So do you have a Shawshank for, I, I'm hoping your generation, we'll see how this plays out. Do you have a Shawshank for comedy movies of your generation, comedy sports movies of your generation? I sure do. Okay. And do you? Of course I do. So let's, do I start this week? You start this week. Okay, cool. So I'll give you, uh, it was February 16th, 1996. My five words are beer, boobs, balls, cups, crocodiles. Okay. So this is the, what I have written down is JT Shawshank this week will be Happy Gilmore. Has to be. It has to be. There you go. Yeah. What I have, and... I've been going all sorts of curveball in the five words game. So it used to be like it was just five words about the story of the movie. But now, I don't know, I do this online trivia thing and it's given me all sorts of new inspo to do interesting stuff. So JT, the 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 pattern this week, I've decided I will tell you when I'm doing something weird so that you don't spend like four or five guess entries just trying to figure out the theme. I'll tell you what the theme is okay. so that hopefully you can start guessing right away thought that was a better approach. I'm excited that this isn't going to help me at all, but cool. I appreciate the attempt. <laughs> I will give you a five word pattern that will phonetically rhyme with the title of the movie. It's going to be. Understood. If the movie were, for example, if I were going to say rhymes with Gretchen tries to make this happen. What does Gretchen try to make happen? I have no idea what you're talking about. She's trying to make fetch happen. Oh, so, Gretchen and fetch. So it would be fetch. That's very clever. That's That would so, have been a great clue. And then the movie, though, would have been Fletch. Fletch. Got it. So Is it's it, like a double. It, you got you got some more cut out of you. I'm going to get none of these right, but it's cool. We'll okay. time Here we go. Five words. <clears throat> and I'll give deliberate pauses to imply what the syllabalistic structure is here today. <laughs> I just want to go on record as saying anything that takes this much explanation is going to be out of this world hard for me. But yeah, go ahead. It's great. No, I think you got it. Ready? Feline, Darjeeling, slang for heroin. So work it out out loud. Feline. Cat. Darjeeling. Uh, Wes Anderson movie. Still not 100% sure what that means. I think they're like a... They're a they're like not why well, can't not mummies. What are they? No. They're genies. No, Darjeeling is a uh, a a type of a beverage. It's a hot beverage. Oh, it really? Is a, it is like Earl Grey, I guess. Well, I could have done Earl. Cool. You went Earl Earl Grey. Yeah, tea. Yeah. Today I learned okay. that Darjeeling is a tea. Awesome. Okay. All right, and then slang for heroin. Smack. Put those three together. Cat T Shack. Now I understand what you're doing. Okay. Now it, it just clicked for me. Yeah, Caddyshack. I knew it was Caddyshack anyway, go. but it's Caddyshack. Yeah, of course it was Caddyshack. Right. Right. Moving on. Holy complicated. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for more. It's interesting, by the way, that both of our picks happen to be golf comedies. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But it's a, it's a thing that I actually tried to lean into is not picking like super obvious stuff. But um, funny enough, this, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because it's like neither of them did anything for the game of golf, I don't think. <laughs> well, I know Gilmore brought in record crowds. I know that. <laughs> sure, he sure did. He sure did. You take us away. My turn first this week. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm basically gonna go from what I think is my most obvious to least obvious. Okay. 
So most obvious, June 18th, 2004. Uh, it is a, it's got a 55 on Metacritic, but who cares? I will give you Gary Cole and Jason Bateman. Uh, I, I know what that is. I have it in my pong, but let's hear your five words. Uh, Joe's, Pirates, Milkshakes, Yards, Wrench. All I needed was wrench. Right. <laughs> so, ready, ready for my version? Yeah, sure. Like Masonic Temple. All right. You got a word for that? No. Lodge. The Masonic Lodges? Lodge. All right. And better call... Saul, which rhymes with ball. So. Lodge Saul is dodgeball. Oh, jeez. I told you you would either love this or hate it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe. It's happening either way. So we'll just oh, yeah. it. <laughs> so talk about I, I had dodgeball in my pong and in my JT will pick this. Yeah, of course I would. Listen, this is just generationally. So 2004, uh, I'm 19. This movie has Ben Stiller and Rip Torn and Vince Vaughn. And he is like at his most Vince Vaughn in this movie. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, this is basically like the grown up version of who he played in Swingers. Right. Fast talking, immediately like negative, funny, biting, all that fun stuff. And then he learns how to be more human and whatever. Uh, but mostly this is just like it's dodgeball. And I think my generation would have been furious with me if I didn't have it on here. Uh, it's it's Anchorman level quotable. It is one of the more rewatchable of that sort of 10 year span of random Will Ferrelly, Vince Vaughn, silly slapsticky movies. Um, this is definitely like in the top three for me, as far as like it's on, you can watch it and not hate it. Uh, Justin Long's the best. Can we talk about how much I love <laughs> Justin Long? I just love Justin Long. Everything he does. He's so good. He was hilarious in new girl. I loved him in the accepted. Like he's just like, he's just great. Uh, one of my favorite fan theories in a non, we'll call it meaningful movie ever is this one, which is that, uh, the character Tony Perkis from Heavyweights, this is just him grown up. Oh, nice. So like, and, if, and there's a bunch of really cool little things that sort of match up, like the way, like the logo from Globo Gym and the way he does things. And one of the things he says when he's eating fried chicken, like there is, a, it's definitely nodding to that, just in the sense that he played the character. But it's hilarious to think that this really is like a continuation of Heavyweights because that would be great. It's funny you say that because when you started with Vince Vaughn, there was a part of me that that sort of thinks of Vince Vaughn, like in the v, the VVEU, he's yeah. uh, he's he's in Swingers, he's Trent, and then he comes into the dodgeball role, and then a few years later he's back in old school as now he's like really settled down, got you know like yeah, you know, and then I guess he's got one of those uh, wedding Adam Sandler ish kind of movies a few years after that. Yeah, well, the, I mean, Wedding Crashers is more than an Adam Sandlerish movie. I mean, that's classic. No, not that one. The other one. The uh, there's like four wedding retreat couple. Oh, couples retreat. He I did, think that's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. So Adam said, yeah, yeah. yeah, he just wanted to go on vacation with his friends. So that's totally that one. Yeah, right, right. And right, then right. he had a run of random Jennifer Aniston movies too. Also like Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, I think it's a fun pick. I agree. By the way, Dodgeball of the whole like late '90s, early 2000s comedy era all the Apatow stuff, et cetera. It's, it's, it probably is my most quotable. Like the Ocho is, is like a all generational kind of quote in, in many, many ways. Like 
Like yeah. I, t- I drop an Ocho reference probably once a week in some way. For as little screen time as Bateman has in this movie, he was so effective. Like him and uh, Gary Cole playing off each other in that little, those little moments was so hysterical. One of the funny things I actually learned just in looking into this is like they had to reshoot those scenes over and over and over again because they kept changing like the plot in filming. Like they were actively oh, really? changing what was happening. So those two just had to go at it again. But yeah, I, those two were so quotable. I love so many of the lines that those two drop. Like the, let, you know, let's see if it works out for him. Like there's just so many little moments that I definitely reference that if you're not a dodgeball fan would make no sense. But if you are, you definitely pick up on it. And I feel like most people in my generation pick up on it. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, I will say that I only think one or two of my picks are, are, are what you'd call generational. I think the rest of them hold up, but I, I think they also came out in your teenage years for many. So we'll see where they actually hit you. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go in this case from newest movie to oldest movie. That okay. will be my particular shtick. So this is from the year 2000. Okay. This the cast includes Gabrielle Union and Jesse Bradford. Okay. Nice. All right, here we go. Ready? Call. Millennial trendy. Your name. Call millennial trendy. Your name. So it's gonna. What, what you got so far? I'll work with you. Well, so help you decode. I'm I'm not even trying. I'm just thinking Gabrielle Union was in Bring It On and is cheerleading a sport. Yes. Don't cheat, JT. <laughs> Calling is like ringing. So you ring. Bring. Got millennial, it. Millennial trendy. Lit. It. K. And John. I mean, listen, I'm very impressed with the work you put into it. I just want to set expectations that there's like a 0% chance I'm going to do well in any of these. Okay, fine. Well, maybe other people are pausing and trying to work it out. Oh, I'm sure people are enjoying it. I'm just an idiot. Like, it's just, I'm dumb, and this is hard, and smart people probably love this, and it's cool. I'm very impressed. I don't know how smart this is. This is definitely a good use of time. I'll say that much. So, okay. Uh, I decided that cheerleading, it, it was sporty enough, and there is a competition, right? When we did our first take on the sports movies in, like, episode one or two, we ended up things like Karate Kid came up, so I think that all of these still, to me, count as sports or sports-related. Uh, I love this movie. This is definitely, I assume, more your wheelhouse than mine. Oh, yeah. But there's something about the humor. Again, by the way, super quotable, jazz hands, spirit fingers. Like, we're all saying those kind of things. Definitely. I think that the plot actually really works. It's one of these kinds of, like, they made, the, it, it almost feels like they had a good story wrapped some good jokes and comedy and scenes around it, threw in a couple of little rom-commy stuff and spat out, bring it on. Yeah. So I'm curious though, with each, with, with these picks though, I really do want your take. Like for me, I'm already, you know, I'm like watching college and high school kids in, 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 uh, in cheerleading to me, it really is like a sports movie. It's no longer like my, you know, these aren't my kids. Like when I'm watching sports, if I watched like uh, a movie you've never heard of called uh, Lucas, from the mid eighties, which this will be its only reference at all. Cause it's Corey Haim vehicle. That wasn't very good, but like, that's my age of kids growing up like that and the bodyguard and these other um, 
My Bodyguard and those kind of other mid 80s sporty kind of movies. Where is this for you? So love this movie. My entire generation loves this movie. It's a wonderful movie. It was it was a, a welcome introduction to Kirsten Dunst on the like teen beat vibe world. Right. Um, and Gabrielle Union, by the way, looks the same today. It's uncanny. Same. It's uncanny how, how beautiful she still is. Uh, it's tough because so cheerleading is a sport. Hard stop. I'm not going to like don't come for me. Like that's definitely a sport. There's sure. very little cheerleading in this until the end. Like the end is like a real sport thing where it's like contest, competition. You see both of them do their routines and it's like a deal. The rest of it, it's just like a, it's a subplot, right? Like it's a totally, so because of the competition, I'm totally cool with it being a sports movie. It's a great movie. And I agree with you. It's like a, it's kind of an under the radar, pretty well done flick. Like there's no holes. It makes sense. The whole big red thing is the tag. Like there's a lot of good stuff here. And yeah, I love it. Uh, I didn't think of it, which is, you know, shame on me, but uh, it's a great flick. Nice. I did not have this. Even though I knew it was more your generation, I did not have it in your picks, sir. You were right. So far, you're one for one. Well, two for two, technically. Go on, sir. All right. You definitely have this one. Uh, October 2nd, 1992. uh, uh, MC Ganey and Eldon Henson. I did MC Ganey and Josh Jackson. Okay, perfect. Yeah, Josh Jackson was too easy because this was like a pivotal role for him. Uh, my five words, just because it was fun, was introduction of aerial letter formation. Ooh, nice. Yeah, right. nice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is the Mighty Ducks. Obvi. This is top five for me and is predicted as a top five for you. Of course it is. This is amazing. This movie's amazing. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah, Has yeah, to yeah. be. So Here. wait. So we'll share, we'll share the pick. You want the five words? You I ready? do. Yeah, of course I do. Okay. Make tears. Cry. Chamomile. Tea. Trim eyebrows. Cry. Tea. Plucks. <laughs> hey, you got it. <laughs> all right. I'm figuring it out. I'm getting there, guys. Stay with me. Uh, all right. So we're both hockey nerds. So this is not overly surprising. However, for my generation, there's an entire generation of people whose knowledge of hockey starts and ends with this movie. Like everything they know about hockey happened in this movie and that's it. Bunch of people think Triple Deke's a real thing and that's all they talk about. Whereas for my generation, this simply introduced us to a really poorly named hockey franchise. Right. That's that's right. That's right. Because you guys have a, a different movie that may or may not come up later. So a couple fun cast what ifs that I wanted to play, which maybe you know. So uh, Jake Gyllenhaal got the part for Charlie Conway and his parents told him no. And so they cast Joshua Jackson. Uh, Leo auditioned for the part and lost it to Joshua Jackson. Uh, Juliette Lewis was going to be Connie, but lost out to Marguerite Moreau. And Charlie Sheen was first offered Bombay before he turned it down and Emilio got it. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm curious now, like all I want to know now, by the way, is number of roles that one of the Sheen or Estevez's was offered that the other one actually took. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. I'll bet you it's more than we'd think. Probably. Yeah. I, by the way, a quick aside and to throw a nod to, to the Rewatchables podcast. I had just listened to the one on the, the movie, The Game, and they did a casting what if there. And all I could think for a great cast, casting combo would actually be Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez with Emilio as sort of the Michael Douglas role. Yeah. Charlie Sheen in the strung out Sean Penn role. Yeah. You know, like that would have been fun. Anyhow. 
That would have been. Great. I would have loved to have seen that movie. Yeah, there was also rumors that Bill Murray was going to be Gordon in this room, but he was like too old. So anyway, why it's on the list is because uh, I loved hockey and it was a really good time to be a Rangers fan. And it introduced people into this world of Minnesota hockey, which is like a whole vibe. Like it's a whole vibe. I don't know if people have ever seen the junior tournament now because of social media. They've got all these mullets and fun haircuts and they get a little sports center every year. In August, it's actually coming up in two weeks. Um, Gutter Stall is one of the best movie names ever come up, anybody's ever come up with. Uh, and I still love this movie. Like I like this movie so much that I can even apologize my way through the second one. Like this is just, it was such a fun thing. I think so many kids went out and bought nets and started watching hockey and the bash brothers were so good. Who, by the way, were real brothers in real life, which is oh. a fun little fact. Yeah. Garrett and Eldon are actually, actually related, but Eldon who's now on daredevil. I remember seeing his face and going, Hey, you, I know you. Um, he changed his name in this movie at, at the credits so it didn't appear that they were related, which is weird. Um, and then one last fact, and then I want to hear you, that I thought this was crazy. The original script was really dark, apparently, and really leaned into Gordon Bombay's drinking, which is why he's named after two gin brands. Gordon Bombay. Never even dawned on me, because it's not a plot of the movie at all. They clearly just no. Disneyed it. But I was like, oh, boy, I want to see that script bad. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. You know, it's funny because I've been trying to pay more and more attention to name, specifically like last names of protagonists and, tag and antagonists because they're often a clue, right? Like Stanley Goodspeed. Hmm. You know. Right, right. You're right. You might as well like have like Mark Evildoer, right? <laughs> it's like, but it, it happens a decent amount. Uh, I never thought about the gin connection. It's brilliant. I I enjoy this movie a lot. I think it falls into that rare, and obviously Disney in, in this era was particularly decent at it, that rare era of family films that don't feel too kind of family boring. Like it's got a little edge. It's not, it's not like perfectly G, you know, clean as a whistle. Uh, thankfully not as edgy as where I guess they were going to go with it. I like what it did for hockey. It definitely brought up hockey awareness. There's no question. You know, I, I'd actually be curious. I never went researching this. Did Was there some kind of engagement between the NHL and Disney to make it happen? You know, this is right before we get the Fox light up the puck special effect. Ugh. Yeah. So we'll move that along for that. I think it's a fun movie. I think Emilio Estevez is, is great in it. You know, to me, he's he, – by the way, you want to talk about actor role con continuity – he could easily be the grown-up uh, uh, guy from Breakfast Club, right? He goes, <laughs> from he goes from wrestling to hockey coaching or something. That's funny. He's not, but, you know, it could be there. Uh, the only real nit I had with this movie is that the skating is, you know, oh. movie, movie. It's per our conversation on Miracle a few weeks ago where they clearly put the effort into making it near perfection. Here you just have to watch and be like, yeah, yeah, some some hockey stuff happens, but but that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Like that's the difference between hiring actors and trying to teach them to skate versus hiring uh, hockey players and teaching them how to act. <laughs> or or hiring drillers and teaching them how to go to space. Oh, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we're back to you for another pick. Okay. Uh, I think this is the last of the – so the three that I have left, this is the last one I think you're going to have. The other two I don't think you will. October 1st, 1993. It's a 60 – on the old Metacritic, but that's highly underrated. I'll give you Raymond Barry and Matthew Walker. 
So I'm assuming we're, t I don't know those two. Uh, I have one 93 movie in my punk, but I'm not sure it's the same one. But given that you can't name anyone more prominent in the cast, I think it's the same one. But let's hear your five words first. The, it's four words and it's a giveaway, but I wanted to make it a giveaway because I want to say- You dead, It was feel rhythm, feel rhyme. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with you dead, Sanka. All right. Mine were <laughs> O'Doyle rules. Singular. Mobile? <laughs> oh, uh, singular with an S. You're allowed for spelling. Oh, okay. Uh, singular. Uh, I don't know. One. One. Okay. What What bees do? Sting. Ing. Cool running. Got it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. This is good. These I'm like, I want to like all picking aside. Very impressed with this. Like this is a very Thanks, buddy. this is high concept right now. And I mean I'm into it. Thanks, man. Uh so yeah, so <laughs> cool runnings. Um I don't know, man. I love this movie. Like I just love this movie, even though it's like factually inaccurate historically, and there's a bunch of like totally movied up version, like they really, really changed the story entirely to make it work. But uh, it's John Candy's last film that was released before he died. John Candy was absolutely brilliant. Malik Yoba, I love in this. And he was in a show, I think called NYPD Undercover or something like that, that my mom used to watch when I was a kid. He was a great actor. I really liked him. Um, it's like, it's heartfelt. It's funny. It's real. I think it's unique in a lot of ways. Um, the Olympics just ended. So like maybe there's a little bit of like, eh, it's going to sneak in here, even though it's probably not the best movie. Um, at the time... It was like the most, it was the highest grossing live action film ever released under Warner, uh, under Disney at the time, which is like, really, yeah, for some reason that feel that felt wrong. I'm like, that can't be right. But just John Candy was like a big deal, right? Like John Candy's a big deal. Um, it is a very good story. I thought it was incredibly well acted. Dougie Doug, man, the Sanka, you dead. Like that's a, that's a meme from forever. Like I say that a lot. Like there's some friends that come to mind that we've gone out with each other and had a good night and somebody pulled an Irish exit. And like the next morning, you're going to get a gift that says, Sanka, you dead? <laughs> like, nice. That's the move. I just love this movie. Again, highly rewatchable, highly rewatchable. And I think it's fun. Yeah, I had done Pong. I liked it a lot. Back when it came out, it was a huge movie. Like it, it, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it was that big financially, but I knew it was a large movie. It just... Because it tapped almost every audience in, in a certain way could could watch this movie. It's it's funny because you know you turn to the Winter Olympics and and being Canadian, it's one of those we've always paid more attention to it because we do better. But it's one of those areas more so I think than the Summer Olympics where everybody all of a sudden becomes an expert at everything. Yep. Right. So everybody knows what the triple axle is in the winter, right? Like. And then you start watching Bobsled and people are like, oh, you know, they were a little too close to the corner on that turn or whatever. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, right. no, nobody knows anything. So when this movie came out, you think about it, like, it's it's Jamaica, which Americans think of as a vacation place, right? It's Bobsled, which is what they do up in Canada, I guess, instead yeah. of instead of buses. I think that's what a lot of people here think. And, and again, a cast that's actually mostly nobodies and John Candy who really was never a true A-lister. I mean, we love him and, right. and near and dear and all that, but he wasn't the guy who would draw, like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was a draw because of Steve Martin. John right. Candy was the end of John Candy, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, and then the fact that it's his final film, although I thought Canadian Bacon was technically 
post this one, but I don't think they got a theatrical release. Didn't get a theatrical release. And then uh, Wagons East, which he did in 94, was post homage. Or I always say that word wrong. When, after he died. How do you say that word? Posthumously. Thank you. For some reason, I can't get the posthumous. It's always post for me. But anyway, uh, this was the last theatrical release. God, that was such a good opportunity to say it wrong and just leave you with that forever. And then, you you could have, yeah. and I would have bought yeah. it too because I know I know I would have known it when I heard it. If it <laughs> <laughs> All right, fun pick, buddy. I'm gonna go. So wait, so my my ducks is now taken. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. 1996. Okay. See, I almost don't want to give you the cast and just do the rhyming thing first and then do the cast. Do the rhyming thing. That's fine. That's I think right. I'm gonna do that this time. Why not? Do All right, it. here we go. Shiny jewelry, diamond, gold, platinum, shiny jewelry, silver. We'll, we'll see where you get to this. Not a loss. Win. Okay, so you got the second half right. Win. Okay. I don't. Uh, lots of jewelry. What if I had gone with lots of jewelry? Yeah, that's not happening for me. I don't know. Bling. Bling. So bling win. So it has to rhyme with bling win. Your cast includes Chris Elliott and Randy Quaid. Bling win. Uh, Oh, Kingpin. Kingpin. There it is. Yeah, there There she is. is. I might this. I might just do this forever. I'm just warning you. I'm having so much fun. I know it's not that cool, but I love it. Sorry. So Kingpin, it's an interesting entry, especially to make my top five, because I will tell you the first time I saw it, I hated it. Hated it. Like angry kind of hate. I walked out like, what? You know, this, like, yeah, Bill Murray had his hair and that was funny. And like Randy Quaid's always funny and Woody was good. But uh, what a, what, you know, I just, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. I can't really explain why, you know, I like, you know, everything about it was just bothered me except for like those little bits of humor here and there. And I don't know how I ended up even rewatching it. I, I don't know if I was like tied to a chair or <sighs> some, I was with a group that was like, we're watching this. So, cause I definitely wasn't like, oh, I should give that another shot the way you've heard me with other, with other movies recently. So all I know is somewhere after that first viewing, it quickly moved to, wow, I wonder why I hated that. And then from there to, that is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Wow. I don't have, I'm going to tell you, JT, there's not a lot of movies that I have a journey like that with. Most times, if I don't like something, you know, the, the, I'm consistent in disliking a thing. I might grow on me. I might dislike it less. But it's really rare for me to go from like dislike to like and to and, and beyond. But now that I've watched it a few more times, I think I just maybe I just missed the humor concept beneath the whole story the whole first time. It also probably helped that I had not seen um, The Hustler beforehand. And so recognizing that this is basically a remake of Hustler, but with bowling, um, maybe my just I don't know, mature mature Jeremy just appreciated it a bit more. I don't know. But the whole notion of being Munson becoming a verb for <laughs> utter failure and the way that gag recurs through this movie combined with all the basic shtick that I thought was cute and funny combined with what actually is a pretty decent plot, you know, holes here and there, but, but not too bad. 
for for a comedy about bowling. Right. And again, maybe it's also that Bill Murray has just become the hero of the internet. All those things together rocketed up in my world. And so Kingpin makes the cut. So I have a very similar story, maybe, that you do with this movie, except I'm only halfway through the journey. Because do you I, now? I saw this movie, and I love the Fairley Brothers, by the way. Even the stuff that they've done that I don't think is great, I still think is pretty good, with the exception of Stuck on You. That story is unforgivable. But everything else is like pretty good. <laughs> Um, I really do like them. I like most of the stuff they do. I saw this movie and just went, nope, I hated it. Like, I absolutely hated it. And it makes no sense because I like the Fairley Brothers. I like everything they've done, again, except for that one. Um, and I love this cast. Like, this cast is basically like a no-miss cast. Uh, and I just, I haven't gone back to it. So maybe I need to go back to it. And now as like a more adult, because I definitely saw this like in my teens, I think. And I was just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Because it just wasn't like the other ones. Like, I was like, nah. Have you seen The Hustler, Paul Newman? Yeah, once, long time ago. Like, couldn't reference a lot from it. But I, I get the, the gist. Okay. Because I was going to say, I think, I really think having, when you look at this movie as a bit more semi-spoof, I think it gets better. I, I, I don't know. Were you the one saying, I think you were the one who said to me that if you do a spoof movie, like, the reason some spoofs work is when they, yeah, we were talking about this. I think like just a week ago, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm losing it, buddy. I'm, I'm just it's just <laughs> it's all fading. It's all just just put me down, okay? Anyhow, um, it's a spoof movie in a way that I think did get better for me by know by being more familiar with the source material. I'll just leave it at that. That's great. That makes sense. Listen, I, this is this is one that I want to watch again because there's no reason I shouldn't like it based on all things attached to it. So I will give it a run. All right. All right. My next one, I don't know which way to go because both of these are, if, if either of these are on your list, well, this one might be. I'll start with this one. July 7th, 1993, uh, Daniel Stern and Dan Hadaya. I assume this is something I also have in my uh, Pong. Okay. Pretty sure I. All right. Uh, Broken Bone, Superpower, Father Figures. Okay. It's not the one I was thinking of, but I I know the movie. This is, um, it's one of, uh, it's either like Little Big League. No, that's the one where he's the manager. It's the one with the kid with the arm. Um, Yeah. Rookie of the year? Yeah, good pull, buddy. Go. Good pull. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so this is a purely, G, like, this is eight-year-old JT picking this. Eight-year-old okay. JT loved this movie. Yeah. Uh, I think all the way up to, like, 10 or 11-year-old JT loved this movie. Uh, fun fact, this was directed by Daniel Stern of the Wet Bandits. Oh. Only, only movie he's ever directed. Uh, yeah, man, this is just such a generational movie. Like, I just remember watching this with my friends a lot. Like I remember like what a cool idea it was as a kid that like all of a sudden you could throw with the big league guys and the way he did it, which is a very like a cool actual baseball nod that, you know, Wrigley Fields, you do throw the ball back. Like that's a thing you do. It just was neat. Like all of it was awesome. And it came out roughly the same time as the manager, not manager of the year, whatever that manager one was where he inherited the team. And that one was terrible. Uh, this one, I just remember loving, I haven't seen it in a long time. I have seen it as an adult though. And remember thinking 
this holds up exactly as I want it to. Uh, in thinking about this movie, I was like, oh, I totally need to show my kids this. Because there's no like real scary stuff, right? It's no. just like random. There's some house stuff going on and there's some like dad stuff, but like not enough to make it a problem. Uh, and it's such a silly, fun movie. Like, I just think it's a lot of fun. And yeah. I there's other movies, to be honest, one of the big things that I did this week is none of the none of my top five have ever been in a top five before. Ooh. So I wanted to like lean into that because there's a couple in Contender Pond that I'll get to, which like I've just talked about like ad nauseum. Like there's no reason to continue to go to go through them. Uh, and I just really like this movie. It's I, I feel like it really embodies that early 90s like boy movie shtick. It has all the beats that I want, all the beats that speak to me. Uh, Mighty Ducks has a lot of these too. It's just that same. It was a little bit like rote, but like in a really fun way. And I kind of want to watch this movie again. Like as I thought about it, I was like, this movie just kept sneaking up to the top because I'm like, I want to watch that again. And I think I'm going to enjoy it still. So we watched this last year with the kids. Okay. Held up, you know. It definitely took a few moments here and there, but for the for the most part, there's very little explaining needed to be done. Um, the the premise works as well as it ever has. Yeah. You know, it's cute. It is interesting, by the way. The, the movies made in this era, the sports comedy. You got this. You got Angels in the Outfield. You got Little Big League. You've got Mighty Ducks. You've got Cool Runnings. Like all of those five movies were all made within a couple of years of each other. Oh, oh, I know. And oh, now we don't get anything like it, which I find interesting because I know how hard it is to make comedies these days. This just feels like an area that is opportune for, for like, like, hey, Hollywood, like make movies about kids trying to play sports. I get maybe it's just not fun anymore because kids sports have become so intense. I don't know. Yeah, either that or maybe the laws have changed about how much you can make kids work. It's just not it's not economical to make movies like this anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I like this pick. I think it's I think it's fun. I would I'm I I'm curious. By the way, the other thing that struck me as odd is I've all the movies I just named, I've seen all of them, but I saw them when they came out. I don't think in theaters. This could have been because I was working in the video store for a few years. But like I can't figure out why early 20-something me had any interest whatsoever in the genre of kids playing sports poorly. But I watched all of these. So maybe that's how bored we were in the 90s. There was just so there was so much to, to watch, you know? Yeah, there was, there was only so much to watch and there was no social media. So you had to do something to fill your time. And it turned out so. it was kids breaking their elbow and throwing 100 miles per hour. Boom. All right. Next up, down to the 80s. Here we go. 1989. Yep. This is my hardest pull on the rhyming. I will just tell you that. That's okay. Huge party. Okay. What you got? I want this out loud. What's, Ra- what's your word? Rager. Feeling too tired. Um, fatigue. Major League. <laughs> Yay! You had it with Rager, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had Rene Russo and Wesley Snipes. Can I, I give thought, you? So this yeah. is on. So I had Caddyshack as your guaranteed Shawshank. I was right, and I had this in your top five. And the five that I came, the five words that I had were skulls, slides. Spouses, sucker punch. Wait, skulls? Yeah, it's wild thing, man. He had the skull oh, on his glasses when he comes out. Right, right. For a second, I thought that was like a Josh Jackson reference again. I'm like, wait, how, where's, how's that <laughs> no. play out? No, no, no. <laughs> he was in that movie, right? Yes, he was. 
Yeah, I never saw that. So Major League, in a lot of ways, by the way, Major League, if it were not for the amount of that those early 80s, late, late 70s comedies impacted Gen X, I think Major League would probably actually be the canonical, like, comedy sports movie of Gen X. Because, you know, I'm, what was I, 15 when this came out? Uh, so quotable, beyond quotable. Uh, I didn't do a ton of, I'm trying to not go too deep on the, the, the geeking out on the trivia, but my favorite thing is simply that, um, oh my God, I'm playing Euchre um, improvised yeah. virtually every line, did all of his cut work in three days, and 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 that was that. Yeah. But every bit of his work, like just a bit outside, like that is associated with baseball on a permanent level. Yeah. Right. I got to assume that every sportscaster has to resist going to the wheelhouse from uh, major league every time they do their, their movies. Yeah. You got Corbin Burnson hot off LA law who didn't really do much after this all the way up until uh monk. Was it monk? No, not no. monk. The psychic one. Psych. Psych. Yeah. Yeah. You know, USA, they got characters. Um, <laughs> you got uh, you got Tom Berenger, not known for his comedic uh, talent. You know, baby Rene Russo in this, who goes on a crazy tear of movies after this one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got Dennis Habert, long before... Yeah, Joe Boo. Dennis Habert is Joe Boo long before he's the State Farm Insurance guy or the president from 24. From 24, that's right. Like when 24 came out, I'm like, is Jobu the president? Well, not to call you out on your movie, but he's Pedro Serrano and Jobu is who he talks to. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I, I that, yes. That's just a real time gaffe. I knew that part. <laughs> I know. No, he's, uh, yeah. Especially when he tells off Jobu in Correct. such yeah. a colorful way by the end of the movie. Yep. And the one other actor whose name I can never remember, I really regret not, like, he's, he's sort of a that guy. The guy who, who does like he has like the snot ball, the, um, the other pitcher, the guy who's sort of falling apart. Yeah, who, who basically almost always plays a bad guy. Yeah, almost he's... always is sort of like a just a mean spirited kind of guy. Yeah, I think his name is Eddie in the movie, but I can't remember yes. what his actual name is. <laughs> Anyhow, I think the comedy here works so well. It's probably one of the more contrived plots. If you really had to like really dissect it, you'd be like, sure. would an owner of a team really do that? But then again, you also kind of look at what owners of sports franchises have done over the past 30 years. You'd be like, yeah, I think actually they would. You know, I, I think they would. And I'll, I'll put my Montreal Expos hat on one more time as I <laughs> ponder the topic. So I'm, I'm sure everybody of, of my ilk is very happy that Major League made, makes the list. But love this movie. I'm actually dying to show it to the kids, but there's just so much. So this, is, much. this is solid R. Solid oh, yeah. R. It earned Which means hour. I have to wait for them to be like 15 in the modern era because that's what that's what R means these days. But, you know. That's right. Uh, no, so if we had not previously discussed the Gilmore Caddyshack thing, I think this is an orienting movie we both would have Shawshanked. Because yeah. as much as this is your generations, I know this movie inside and out. I have seen it so many times. Like, it's just an absolute classic. I had Euchre in one of my, I forget what list we had, but I had Euchre in there for something. It was the, probably the best non-actor in a yeah. in role. Yeah, because yeah, he actually was an announcer. But even like on, on conference calls occasionally, I'll do the, nobody's listening to it anyway. 
Like it's nice. just, like it's just such a good, it's great. It's a great pick and I knew you'd have it and I'm glad you did. Um, all right. My last one, there's a 0% chance you have this. I will be so impressed with you if you have this. So, like if I have it or if I guess it, where, where, where are you? Both. Really? Okay. Either. Um, May 31st, 1996. I'll give you Dennis Farina and Frank Langella. I have this in the, I don't, I can't really pick it, but I kind of want to. This is my 16th. I swear to you. (laughs) It is the one that did not make the cut. I believe you were talking about Eddie. Yes. So my five words were fan, coach, comedian, proper winner. Um, I love this movie. It's a great pick, buddy. Oh my God, I love this movie. I was 11. I'm a New York (laughs) fan. I'm a huge Knicks fan. Little known fact about JT, he wanted to be a basketball coach when he grew up for a very long time because I knew I was never going to play in the NBA. But I was like, yeah, nobody dreams of being a coach. This, the, the NBA players in this, Dennis Rodman, Mark Jackson, Grandmama, John Starks, Anthony Mason, Herb Williams, and Kurt Rambis. Uh, the plot is ridiculous, but somehow viable. Like, even in today's world, I could see a remake of this where, like, Mark Cuban holds a TikTok contest and somebody becomes an assistant coach. Like, it's not this out of the bounds. Yeah. No, this is an evergreen story concept. Yeah. You can do it in every sport. You can do it every five years. You can do you can do it in so many ways. Yeah. And for me, the, the, my memory of this more than anything else is like, so Whoopi Goldberg had already been well-established before I was cognizant, right? She's doing comic relief in the 80s. She had Jumpin' Jack Flash. She did all these great movies. This for me and Ghost. Uh, this movie is like peak funny Whoopi Goldberg. Like this introduced me to how funny she could be because let me tell you that like as an angry Knicks fan, nails it. I mean, she nails every inch of hating the Knicks and loving the Knicks. Like it's actually a pretty cool vehicle for fandom. Unlike the one Pat Oswalt did, which I always forget the name of, which is a really beautiful movie, but it's like sad. It's like very sad because it shows you like how dark it is to be a fan. Oh, I don't even I don't even know which one you're talking about. Oh, I'll have to check it. I can't remember the name of it. It's really good. But this movie's just like I've watched this not super recently, but like in the last like six years, I think I found this on HBO one night and I was like, I am one hundred percent watching this. And it is as ridiculous and as silly as I thought it was, and it totally holds up. This thing is such a great nineties time capsule. Like so much nineties is happening in this. The fashion, sure. the music. Like, this is a really good, like, you want to know 90s? Like, right here, buddy. Watch Eddie. It's got all this stuff. Because it's got the street fashion. It's got high fashion from New York. It's got weird Texas stuff. It's just, it's such a romp, man. This is such a fun, silly, goofy comedy. And I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and it still sucks to be a Knicks fan. So here we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you picked it because it was in the... I actually was thinking about oh, for a while, like, how do I manage to sneak in an Eddie without, you know, because we've already expanded enough for the whole Fast Five, Five Fast, et cetera moment that I didn't want to go there. But I'm so glad you brought it up. I, I agree. It, you know, it's again, it's 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 campy, right? Like, this is back when imperfect movies were allowed to fly and probably did okay with focus groups and all that kind of stuff. But it was just sort of just fun. I'm, I'm assuming most of it's improv. The thing for me that I find about this and, and the era when this is made is this is a couple of years after Dave 
And at this point, Frank Langella to me is like just the, if he is in the movie, he's just going to be the bad guy. Like that's all he can do in these movies, which is funny because he's played so many other characters. He's done warm characters. He's been all over the place. But sure enough, I just watched for the first time a few weeks ago, Captain Fantastic and enter in, you know, not so pleasant Frank Langella one more time. There you go. Uh, and just to close the loop on it. So the movie is big fan with Patton Oswalt and it's oh. actually, it's very, very good, but it's like the underbelly of fandom. Like it's really, it's, it's sad. It's great. Great yeah. movie. Patton Oswalt did a great job, but yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> Pass. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, this time I'm starting with rhyme, not giving you the year even, just to mess with you. Okay, that's fine. No, no, no cheating from last time. All right, here we go. Don't push. Pull. Not him. Her. Mutton. Bull Durham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mutton was for lamb, although you could have also gone with ram. I was There was like a double winner in that one for me. <laughs> Pull her lamb. Okay, Bull Durham, I, 1988 with Robert Wool and Tim Robbins. And I think I mentioned this a, a time ago, but probably about half a year ago. But Robert Wool, at this moment, I'm like just ready for this guy to explode. He does our list, and that you know, and he's had an, he's had a nice career. But I thought that this was like, oh, I love this guy. I can't wait to see him do all the stuff. Bull Durham, I probably didn't see in theaters. I don't think it's the kind of movie 15-year-old me would have gone to. Because this is fully like sports rom-com, right? Like yeah. it is not just slapstick sports. It's got great sports moment. The the scene, you're familiar with it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you like let's talk for a moment here? Because I think this is also a very steeped in Gen X culture kind of movie. I think a lot of Gen Xers would call it like a top five sports movie of like straight up. So where is this for you? Just for a second, and I'll come back to. Um, it's definitely not. It's nowhere near the top five. Uh, I have a high. I have a very high level of respect for this movie and like this movie a fair amount. Um, but it feel my memory of it's a lot more rom com than sports. Okay, that, which makes sense for 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 all that. Uh, the scene where they're on the mound talking about what wedding gift to buy the one player is amazing. Tim Robbins, as much as I love him in Shawshank and most of the things he's done, if 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 this were the you know this to me is peak Tim Robbins. This is my favorite of his characters with a sec with, and his second role by the way. This is my second favorite of his is actually High Fidelity, the uh, the ponytail pony hair ponytail guy ponytail yeah pony guy ponytail guy. But him as Nuclear Rouge just he envisions this 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 super tall super talented complete yokel like just nothing going on between the ears kind of character says whatever is told to say and then at the other end of the spectrum you got kevin coster who's witty and clever and fading talent and playing in earnest and the way they they roll off each other is so fun like there's no joke there's not as many jokes as you'd expect if you watch this movie again there's there's only a few kind of gags but it's humorous throughout. It definitely is comedy rom-com as opposed to romantic rom-com. Like it leans much heavier on the storytelling vehicle. And then I think it also does a nice job of being like kind of a sentimental story about a fading, fading player. I think that there's, there's a nice, it's not quite coming of age. Or, uh, 
losing of age, whatever, whatever's the opposite of the coming age, sort of that. Uh, so anyhow, there's my Bull Durham pick for, for today. So I had Bull Durham in your top five, so I feel good about Ooh. this. Um, my generation's version of Bull Durham, which was a significantly worse version, Gen X, so calm down, um, but was the Scout. Because basically, Brendan Fraser is... Brendan Fraser, yeah. Right, so Brendan Fraser, very Tim Robbins-esque, by the way. Total Mm. dullard, dumb guy. Albert Brooks, instead of your boy Robert Wall. And instead of a love story between, with a woman, the love story is between the two of them. And they fall in love with each other. Say otherwise, all the same beats, lots of the same premises, not as well done. But The Scout's actually a movie that I like have a little bit of like nostalgia for because it was fun. It's a cute movie. That's cute. Okay, so now we're into contender pong. Um, so so far, how how are you doing on my top five? Well, not great, but uh, we'll we'll get to them after. I'm pretty confident that because of your desire to not have repeat entries, that yeah, it's it, fair. I think I'm I think I'm still. I like I leave this chit. I'll leave my chits where they lie right now. Okay, yeah, you're, yeah, you're still in the show. You're in the show. Um, there's one that I can't believe you didn't have, so we'll we'll see if we get to it. Uh, my first is August 2006, Cars, Cougars, Casts, Spider Monkeys. That's Talladega Nights? Sure is. Yeah, I had that in the past five. Okay. <laughs> Mine will not. Oh, we already, I already did Cool Running, so here's the next one. This one I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of, so 2001. Okay. Ready? Yep. Mooer. Cow. Envy. Je- jealous. Envy. Want. Mm. Need. Desire. Yeah, no, I was worried. This was my tough. This was the toughest one. Uh, jealousy. Would jealousy have done better? Mm, it's. I'm just gonna say envy. <laughs> and I was gonna say sloth, but I thought that would have led you to the Goonies. Chunk. <laughs> but now I'll give you all of those just to ponder. Envy and sloth. All right, so seven. What else? Sins. Okay. So we have Moor. Cow Sins. Stone. Rock. Good. And not him. Her. Okay. okay. Put it all together. So, cow Sins. Rock her. Right? Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> I, I had a hunch you had it. It's uh, it's one of one of Stephen Chow's movies. He's the guy who did Kung Fu Hustle, and he's done a bunch yeah. of other stuff. He's hysterical. Actually, this movie was really close to top five for me, but I haven't seen it pretty much since it came out, so I, I wasn't comfortable talking too deeply about it. But absolutely worth a. Uh, you need a random bizarro comet sports comedy one day this this is that okay all right uh i'm gonna go with 96 clubs cars curses crockett costner crockett it's miami vice costner back is this tin cup maybe yeah tin cup don johnson's in this i love tin cup yeah, I talked about this forever ago. It's just, it's a really goofy movie, but I actually really like it. I've only seen it once, didn't like it. It was the third of the Costner Sports Guy trilogy for me and just just never really, yeah, never made it. its way into my world. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go again. 
Not spicy. Sweet. Mild. Mm. Okay. Badly behaved kids. Brats. Wildcats. There you go. That one I actually got just on your reference thing. So that worked out great. You're amazing. Yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, I almost had Wildcats on your top five because we did a Would You Watch Wildcats? And I, I, I did not because I picked something else. Uh, okay. This one, 93, dogs, balls, kids, pools, peppercorn. Flavorless. Bland. Hamilton won't throw away. Shot. Sandlot. That's good. Wow. Hamilton won't throw away is a really fun clue. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So there you go. Well, yeah, I had I had Sandlot. Sandlot was in my picks for you, by the way. And it I had to be. And I stand by if you are not trying to preserve get new titles in top five in your world. Oh, Sandlot absolutely is top five. Okay. Yeah. Rookie right. of the year is in there because I don't want to talk about the Sandlot again. All right. All right, let's hear your fast five. Uh, I still have two more contenders because you oh. yours are, yeah. Right, so, sorry. I've used them all up. Uh, 98, Vicky's, Notebooks, Mamas, Medulas, Oblongatas. I assume that's uh, Foosball. Uh, that's uh, Waterboy? Yeah, Waterboy. Uh, and then the last one was 2006, uh, Monk in Leotards, a snack. Monk, Monk in Leotards. Do you mean the act? Are you talking about Tony Shalhoub? No, like he's no. an actual monk in leotards, a snack. A snack. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeez, uh, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is this? I love this clue so much that it's okay you didn't get it. So a snack is a, like in the TikTok world. In my a snack is like if somebody's like hot. But also, this movie is Nacho Libre, and I think it's very oh. clever, and I like it a lot. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I did not like that movie one bit. I don't know why. I like Jack Black. I just didn't like that movie. Yeah, it's totally fine. It was more of a fun pick for me. Uh, all right, my fast five. I'm going to start with two at the same time. I just want to give you the date because they came out the same day and they are wildly different movies. March 27th, 1992, in Walking Into the Theater, you could have seen White Men Can't Jump or Ladybugs. Really? Yeah. Wild. Because cool. I would have put, I think I would have put Ladybugs later and White Men Can't Jump earlier, but whatever. Uh, and then the other three that I have for my Fast Five, League of Their Own, it's a comedy. The Ringer could never make that movie again. Space Jam. Wow. All right. My Fast Five are Happy Gilmore, Talladega Nights, The Longest Yard Original, Slapshot, and Le- Yeah, you were waiting for Slapshot, I know. And League of Their Own also, because of course it's a comedy. Yeah, Slapshot, I really... So when you said Mighty Ducks, I immediately was like, there goes Slapshot. Like, Slapshot's out. It's not going to happen now. But I really thought Slapshot would be there because Slapshot's so good. Yeah, I as a as I can't explain this. I just don't I don't find it that good. I've watched it a few I've seen it obviously a few times because I have to. Right. Um, <laughs> but this is one of those times where I would like if it were the generational debate of 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 Slapshot versus Ducks, it's Ducks. If you're doing the true comparison, it's really Slapshot to Goon, um, right. which Goon actually has its moments, but it's just not good. Like, Slapshot's way better. Like, I actually thought Goon would make your fast five, by the way. I had to, I had pegged for you in a in the bottom tier. I So Goon is one of those things where a bad movie, good actor. 
where really, really like Sean William Scott. Like, I think he's hysterical. He's in a movie, a really bad movie with The Rock, too, where they're both great. Rosario Dawson's great. Terrible movie. Bad plot. Silly thing. Basically, Indiana Jones, with, but worse. I love him in Goon. It's just a really bad movie. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Uh, I don't know he's a good actor, either. I think he's fun. No, he's fun. I mean, like, I like he's him. He's a better actor than me, but, you know. I don't Listen, think he's, yeah. he's, he's... You know what movie. I mean. Yeah, no, I do, but I want to defend him for a second because I think he gets stifflered a lot. But like he, he he's like stifler. He, right? But he was also like like I said that movie. I think it's called Walking Tall. Maybe I don't remember. Oh but yeah, that's a movie. He's good. Like it's he's one of those rock early rock movies. He's also like very very funny in uh, Role Model with Paul Rudd. Like he plays a good sidekick to Paul Rudd. That is an underrated movie. Agreed. I saw that. I agree. I actually, you know, I want to rewatch that now to see, am I right that it's an underrated movie or am I wrong? And I was maybe drunk when I watched it or something like that. It's, but it's possible. He's, I just think he's better than people give him credit for. He's not like a great actor, but he's good. That's my only. All right. So here's the list I have for you. Gilmore was your Shawshank. Yep. And your top five were um, Mighty Ducks, Sandlot, Replacements. And then I was torn between if you would bring back basketball or, uh, I thought you'd have Blades of Glory, actually. Oh, see, I, I actually don't love that movie. I don't either. I, I other than the um, the the bit about the Black Eyed Peas song, the the My Humps. The, what are it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's actually referenced in a Jay Z song. They that's how they open a Jay Z and Kanye song on their album that I can't say the name of. Um, but yeah, so but that whole run that he did after Talladega Nights, he did like Blades of Glory, the Jackie Moon, whatever that was called. He had like a little obsession with sports for a while there. I don't like any of those. I I only like this one a bit, but overall agree, don't actually like 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 it. Yeah. So I the I had Caddyshack, Major League, Bull Durham, uh Slapshot, and then a League of Their Own. So I only had four. Uh, so wait, replacements, serious ranking for you now. Where does it make at least Pong, though, no? Yeah, I mean, I probably could have put it in Pong over, I mean, with what's in there now, probably over Nacho Libre. To be honest, I just like, I really do. I have an affinity for that movie, but it's it's actually a pretty good sports movie, too. And it is funny. So, yeah, actually, that's just a miss on my part. I think I just forgot it. I think I've just given you too much grief about it. From from since like episode three or whatever the first time you mentioned it was yeah it was the it was our very first episode I in, in rewatchable and I had it as a rewatchable before I knew that we were going to do a hundred of these episodes. <laughs> well, once it's on the internet, you know it stays stays on the internet. I'll stand behind it. It's, it's a fun movie. Uh, well, you did a better job on predicting me than I did you, sir. So um, I guess as a result, you want to uh, you want to pick us a category for next week. I do. And I'm very excited for it because as many of our listeners will know, I love music and I, I'm better at it than I am at movies. Um, and so I'm going to mix those two things together. So next week, Jeremy, we're going to do the top five original songs from a movie. I'm just going to tell you, JT, when that episode airs, I, I'm just not going to want to miss a thing. You are the worst, the worst. But you know who's the best, Jeremy? Our listeners. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Please do tell your friends to listen to the Lo-Fi Top 5. Go on the Instagrams. Go on the Twitters. Uh, if you have any movies that we missed in made-up games, holla at your boys. Because genuinely, we've never bailed on a category like that before. But it just had to happen. Yeah, we're keeping this category. There's no way this is changing. I got, oh, no. I got, 10, I got 10 in my head right now. I'm good. 
I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk. That's how much I like your pen. (laughs) All right. Well, you're going to have to wait. We'll talk next week. And thank you, as always, for joining the Lo-Fi Top Class. Ah,